it leaves a scaly film deposit on the hair. It's been, and this deposit is going to create a barrier and prevent moisture from penetrating. What's important is to make sure your hair is really, really wet. So really, when you're looking at hair oils and oils to put on your hair, you want to try to stay as pure as possible with using essential oils and make sure that in the ingredients, they don't have silicones in them. Welcome to Ask the Beauty Advisor, a podcast that answers your health and beauty questions. Hosted by health and beauty advisor, Deanna Lynn. Hello and welcome once again to Ask the Beauty Advisor. This is your host, Deanna, and I'm here to answer all your health and beauty questions. Now today, we're going to do something a little different on today's episode. If you've been listening to my podcast for any length of time, you know that I alternate between doing a long interview podcast, about 30 minutes, and a shorter podcast where I answer some of your health and beauty questions. But today, I'm going to do something a little different. Today, I have two guests. That's right. I have two different guests on today. So this week, I'm doubling your pleasure. And you are not going to want to miss out on a word of today's episode, because today is a very exciting episode. You're going to learn a lot about hair. I have with me today my healthy hair coach, Teresa Testano. Teresa is my own personal hair coach. Yep, that's right. She's a hair coach. She's coached me and helped me address some of my hair problems. My hair right now looks the best it has in years. It's fuller. It's shiny. It's healthy. It's bouncy. It's not so dry and frizzy anymore. And she can help you too. Because on today's episode, Teresa is going to reveal some of her healthy hair secrets. We're going to be talking about things like preventing hair loss, how to properly wash your hair. Teresa can also help you with scalp issues like eczema, psoriasis, dandruff, and she can even help you with those pesty split ends. So stay tuned in because you're not going to want to miss this interview. But before I bring Teresa on, I'd like to introduce you to a very special lady. Joni Siegel. Now, Joni is the host of a podcast called Silver Hair Foxes, and I highly recommend her podcast to you. She talks a lot about health and beauty, and if you like my podcast, you'll definitely enjoy listening to Joni's podcast. She has a beautiful voice and a very interesting podcast, and I wanted to bring her on today so that you could meet her, hear her voice, and get a feel for her podcast. So without further ado, let me go ahead and bring Joni on. And then after Joni, I'm going to jump right into my Healthy Hair Coach interview with Teresa. Well, hey there, Joni. Welcome to my show and hi. Nice to have you on today. You just got back from LA. You had an exciting trip to LA. So, so tell me, do you like LA? You know, I'm a very odd person, Deanna. I actually really like LA. It's crowded, it's noisy, it has a lot of traffic and smog. But I live in a relatively small town in Florida. And while I really like living here, there's so much more vibrancy and life in LA, I think. 
and I I like LA. I think I'm an I think I'm an odd person in that respect, but I like it. Oh, I guess you could say LA can be a very exciting place if you don't mind the traffic, the smog, and uh, the high rent. Well, that's true. Are you in California? I am. Ah. Well, I kind of live in the suburbs of LA. Downtown LA is a zoo. I never go down there ever. All that traffic, it's a mess down there. And I don't think it's very pretty down there either. But I kind of live in the suburbs. Uh, Camperillo, actually Ventura. I was raised in the LA area though. When I got married, I moved to the valley and, uh, that's where I started my business. I guess I'm kind of what they call a valley girl. <laughs> Oh, my husband was born and raised in L.A., and he was a valley boy. Really? Wow, that's interesting. Yep, you guys probably kind of revolved around the same circles. You never know. Yeah, you never know. That's right. We might have been in some of the same classes in high school or lived in the same neighborhood. That would really be a coincidence, wouldn't it? (sighs) Well, anyway, Joni, you went to L.A. for a special reason. You have two new grandbabies. I did. I have two sons, and the older one lives in L.A., and he and his wife have a four-year-old. And unfortunately, about three years ago, my daughter-in-law's mom passed away from breast cancer, and so I'm the mom. And so when she went into labor with the twins, My son was on the phone saying, okay, you need to basically drop everything and come right now. And so I did that. And for the first day, I kind of took care of the four-year-old. And then they came home within three days of me being there. So then I just would show up really early in the morning and I would grab the babies and send my daughter-in-law off to bed and just play with these wonderful little babies for a few hours while everybody got a little extra sleep. Well, you know what? That is wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. They are just so cute. Well, I just bet they are. And again, that is fabulous. What a blessing. Joni, now before we get into talking about your podcast, why don't you first start out by telling the listeners a little bit about you, Joni? Okay. And one thing I didn't do, and I want to do it right now, is I really want to thank you, Deanna, for having me on your podcast. I listened to your podcast yesterday, and I think it's fabulous. I really, really enjoyed it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. Well, pretty much since my mother, since I discovered my mother's pale blue frosted eyeshadow when I was probably 12, I have been all about makeup, all about beauty, just all about looking the best I can possibly look. I have been singing since I was four years old, and fortunately, when I was little and sang, I must have been on tune because nobody said, please don't sing anymore. In fact, they all thought I was just the cutest thing ever, and so to this day, I perform Broadway tunes with a singing partner of mine. So because... I'm always putting myself out there in front of people. I just feel like I need to look my very best every single day and always do the makeup and always take it off at night and do the best things I can do for my skin. And I mean, I guess 
some people could look at me and say that I'm vain, but I just think everybody else has to look at this face. Why not, why not make it the best it can be? I feel exactly the same way you do. Of course, I've been in the beauty business all my life and I could be a little obsessed. I don't know. Maybe some people have some type of life outside of the beauty world, but not me. What kind of life is that? I, I'm, I'm not quite tracking with that, Deanna. I'm not sure I understand that. I mean, what else is there? <laughs> <laughs> you said it. You definitely said it. Well, it does get harder to maintain as you get older and I think a lot of people just give up. Yep. Yep. And you know, it just if we're ready to segue in, that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to start doing my Silver Hair Foxes podcast is because I don't think that we as women or men for that matter should ever stop trying to look our best no matter what age we are, no matter what weight we are no matter what type of relationship we are or are not in, where does that come from? That, okay, now it's okay to look frumpy and wear moo-moos all day. And that's, that's what inspired me to, to start talking on the podcast. And, and I do. I talk about things like, okay, let's talk about what we're wearing, ladies. And I did one... It was funny because, like I say, I live in Florida. Florida's a retiree state. So I kind of wanted to see, did women of my age, and I'm in my mid-60s, in Los Angeles, did they dress better? And you know what? They do overall. Yeah, I think we're kind of unique in that, that way. I always hear that from people from back east, that we're more trendy here. But I think maybe New York could be the same way. Have you been oh. to New York? I haven't been there recently to keep, you know, to kind of, keep that in mind. And I think you make a very good point. But I think a lot of the reason is because there's a lot of young people in New York, and there's a lot of young people in Los Angeles. And you don't, it's not that there aren't older people, but there's a lot more young people there. And so, yeah. And so if I'm going to live in Los Angeles or even visit my son, I'm not going to dress the same way I might dress in Florida. You know, I'm, I'm probably not going to wear the coral pants, even though I think I did get rid of them finally. And I'm definitely not going to wear flamingos on my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are pretty laid back here. But I think one of the main reasons that everybody in LA, besides, like you said, we have a lot of young people here, also has to do with the movie industry. You know, years ago, the movie industry came out here and they were making movies out here and people would come to this area, come to Los Angeles, trying to get into the movies. Well, I think because it still happens. I mean, my son is a budding screenwriter and a lot of his friends are, you know, actors and actresses and you have to look your best, you know? And so even, even though when I go to LA, I'm not there to try, get, try and get a part in a movie, I want to look the best I can, do you know? Exactly. Well, you kind of have to if everyone else looks good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just don't think there's ever a point in our life when it's really okay to let ourselves go. I just don't. No. And, and I also talk about on the podcast, I also talk about health too, because so often, you know, when we start to get into our 60s, all of a sudden, oh, my hand hurts, my knee hurts, my hip hurts. And 
so much of that can be avoided if we stay fit. And I'm not talking about running a marathon, although I have friends that do that. But I talk about walking and a lot about stretching and also, you know, watching what we eat. Unfortunately, we can't eat in our 60s the way we ate in our 20s. Exactly. Now, Joni, your podcast really speaks to women over the age of 50. And you talk about a lot of things that us baby boomers are thinking about and dealing with. Yes. And I did, I do address it to men as well, because my husband also being in his 60s, you know, I observe that a lot of the health issues that he runs into now and again could be avoided if he would do be a little bit more active. So, but mostly I think it is women because I do talk about makeup and fashion. I did talk about men's fashion one time too. Yes, you have a pretty well-rounded podcast. You talk about a, a variety of topics there. And I would say that your podcast is almost like a personal journey. Could be. That's a good way to look at it because it is all about me. And the last few ones, I was definitely talking about, you know, the grandkids and what it was like being in LA and how I threw my back out and had to deal with that while I was there. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think your your podcast could definitely be described as a personal journey. I know that one episode you had where you were experiencing one of those self-heating eyelash curlers, and you kind of gave a review on that and brought in your own ideas and thoughts about it. So I would describe your podcast as kind of a, a personal journey into, shall we say, baby boomerism? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you know us baby boomers can totally relate to what you talk about on your podcast. Yes. Well, Johnny, I think you have a brilliant podcast, and I think it's a lot of fun, and you cover a lot of interesting topics, and anybody who enjoys my podcast would definitely enjoy listening to you. So, why don't you tell the listeners again the name of your podcast and where they can find it? Thank you. It's called Silver Hair Foxes Podcast, and it's on iTunes. It's also on Stitcher. And the reason I called it that, and if you find my podcast, you'll find my cute little avatar, is because in my mid-50s, I quit coloring my hair. So it's silver. So the avatar on your cover art, is that a characterized picture of you? It looks exactly like me. It's from a photograph of me. Well, okay. You do have beautiful silver hair. Oh, thank you. Yes. I, I had tried in my 40s to let it go gray and it was really bad. But then in my mid 50s, I just, I was coloring it so dark. I finally said, I can't stand these white roots anymore. Let's see what it looks like. And it turned out pretty good. I like it. Yes, it did. You're lucky. It turned out to be that really pretty, almost platinum gray. And I think that's so pretty. Thank you. So now, Joni, before we say goodbye, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about your podcast? Well, thank you again. And you never know what I'm going to talk about each week. It's always different every week. And I was just thinking next time I'm in LA, maybe we can have coffee. Now that would be so much fun. I agree. So let's do it. The next time you're in LA, we definitely will get together. Joni, thank you so much for being on today. You got a good thing going there and good luck with your podcast. Oh, thank you. All right. So if any of the listeners out there would like to check out Joni's podcast, 
silver-haired foxes. I have a link right in the show notes. It'll go right to Joni's Apple podcast. All right. Now, without further ado, because I don't want you to miss out on this interview, we got a lot to talk about still, so don't go away. We're going to jump right into my interview with the healthy hair coach, Teresa Testano. Hello, Teresa, and thank you for joining me today on Ask the Beauty Advisor. Hello, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, it's my pleasure to have you here today. My gosh, it's been, what, three or four months since we met, and we finally were able to get together and and have our chat here on Ask the Beauty Advisor. Yes. You have helped me and my hair in such a short time, and I was so excited to have you on I wanted to share your expertise and knowledge with my listeners. So before we dive right into our topic today, can you tell the listeners just briefly a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am a former stylist turned what I call healthy hair coach, and now I counsel people online with their hair concerns, things such as hair loss, hair health, Split ends, dry scalp, damaged hair, and I help them to achieve longer, stronger, healthier-looking, younger-looking hair in 90 days or less. Wow. And I have to say, Teresa, my hair looked good almost immediately. Like, after the first shampoo, my hair looked incredible. It was shiny and smooth. It just looked incredible right away. Awesome. Yes, yes. Sometimes it happens. Actually, very often that happens just an instant change. So now, Teresa, you are no longer a hairdresser, right? You're no longer working. I mean, you are a hairdresser, (laughs) but you no longer work in a salon behind a chair. Am I correct? I am not behind the chair anymore. No, this is it. This is my um, business and it's thriving. It's growing. There's more people out there than you can imagine that want to have beautiful, growing, gorgeous hair. Oh, yeah. We all want beautiful hair, especially when we get older. Our hair gets really weird. It gets thin or it gets dry. It gets dull. So hair, I get a lot of hair questions. And I don't, I've never been a hairdresser. I don't have experience in that field other than working in a salon and picking up information from the hairdressers there. So it's nice to have you on the show today. Going to give us some advice for taking care of our hair. So then let's start with one of the most scariest things that concern women about their hair, and that's hair loss. Can you tell us exactly what are some of the causes of hair loss? Sure. So really the number one thing in hair loss is genetics. Um, It's hereditary. For men, it's male pattern baldness. For women, it's female pattern hair loss. Another term they might see is androgenetic. And it happens gradually over time, and you'll see it in a pattern. It's different for men than women, but it does actually affect about 80% of men and about 40% of women, which is surprising. Most people don't realize that. And so that is truly like the number one uh, reason. There's some other ones, though, that we can touch upon, such as hormonal changes and imbalances. You know, women that go through pregnancy, childbirth, they have postpartum hair loss or women going through menopause. Hormone levels are also affected by your thyroid glands. So it could be people who have thyroid problems, could be losing some hair, uh, PCOS. Women have that 
condition and that is having too much male hormone, which can also cause that. Um, there's other medical conditions. There's um, alopecia areata, and that's like a patchy hair loss. It is autoimmune issue where your system attacks the follicles. There's scalp infections, folliculitis, or ringworm can lead to hair loss as well. Um, the good news is once the infections are treated, hair usually grows back. Other autoimmune diseases, um, lupus, there's also something that people aren't aware of. Um, it's a hair pulling disorder. It's called trichotillomania, where people just constantly tug and pull at their hair, and it's, it's you know, it's going to cause hair loss. So that's out there. Sometimes medications, drugs used for cancer or, um, you know, some of the depression medicines, high blood pressure, birth controls, they can cause hair loss. Your nutrition or lack of, you have a very low calorie diet because you're trying to lose weight. You can experience temporary hair loss um, due to like lack of protein, iron, uh, vitamin B. And then there's some other things, miscellaneous things like, you know, sometimes people have a life event that will trigger it, something very um, traumatic or emotional. And then a few months later after they'll, they'll experience some, you know, some hair loss. It will be pretty sudden. It could be like, what we already talked about excessive weight loss or maybe like a death in the family, something that shocks their hair cycle. And then uh, another one that is getting more and more common is um, some hairstyles. It, it's called traction alopecia. And it's when you wear your hair in a way that it's pulled tight, whether it's in a tight ponytail a lot or in you know, uh, pigtails or cornrows or something like that, braids, tight braids, um, they can experience traction alopecia. Um, the good news is that alopecia is reversible if they, you know, take their hair out and don't continue to have those styles in their hair. So those are a lot of um, different ones that, you know, are really kind of incorporate most everything. Um, again, the main one being genetic. And so that's the one people are mostly concerned with. So I'm going to kind of focus a little bit on what happens when people are losing their hair and it's from genetics or it's hereditary. That is, uh, you have follicles that have a uh, genetic sensitivity to DHT and it's dihydrotestosterone. And that is a byproduct of a male hormone testosterone. And this DHT will shrink the hair follicles and they become miniaturized shortening like the lifespan of each hair follicle. So your hair, it grows, it sheds, and then a new hair grows. It's like a cycle, right? So DHT will shrink those follicles and each time a hair grows back, it will be smaller and smaller and weaker and thinner. Eventually, it just, your follicle stops producing hair. But what they know now is that when DHT is depressed, hair follicles can continue to thrive. So the key here is getting some kind of treatment early when you first realize it's happening and trying to suppress the DHT and, it, and your hair follicles will begin to enlarge, strengthen, and grow a healthier hair. Um, because the process happens over a long period of time, if you kind of have proper intervention, the process can be slowed down or even stopped if caught early enough. Teresa, what are some of the things that we could start doing today that could help prevent hair loss? You know, first of all, do what you can to avoid damage to your hair and your follicles, 
right? This would be limiting your use of high heat tools, hair dryers, straighteners, irons, because um, the heat will weaken your hair protein. So first and foremost, those are easy things you can try to implement. Um, cutting down on chemical processes, um, straightening, bleaching, lightening, this all can cause damage to the hair shaft and weaken the hair. Avoid those tight hairstyles, braids, buns, ponytails, right? So first and foremost, easy things like that to implement. Next is using a healthy hair care product. This is very crucial, especially to that high percentage of people that have the genetic hair loss. You want to keep your hair and your scalp clean for optimal health. So you want to use a product that doesn't have harsh chemicals, has naturally based ingredients. Um, take a look at the ingredients. Things to try and avoid are sulfates, which are powerful detergents like a surfactant. For, they, they create that foam when you get that nice big foam. Parabens, waxes, silicones, those kind of ingredients are things you want to check your bottle and see if, if they're in there. You, if you know you're experiencing hair loss, you want to look for a product that is clinically proven to reduce the DHT and not with chemicals, but with naturally based ingredients, um, one of them being Capixel. You want to look for a product that helps balance out the oils so that your follicles don't get clogged. With some people, it's just that they have um, a lot of sebum and their, clog their follicles get clogged and sometimes the hair gets trapped under there. So that's why I say keeping a really healthy scalp is important to having healthy hair growth because it all starts with your follicles. And so looking for a really healthy hair care product, some that may have some essential oils mixed in with it because they can, um, they're regenerative, regenerative, soothing, and, you know, they are just overall great for helping to promote growth. You know, so that's where I help people to find out what they can use that will be most beneficial to them that has the ingredients that are going to help them. Um, another thing is to watch what you're eating. Um, make sure you're getting the right nutrition for healthy hair growth. You want to have plenty of iron. Um, make sure you're getting your protein, vitamin C, omega-3 fatty acids. B vitamins are big. I know anybody losing hair and does a little research, these biotin. So if you're not getting enough biotin, um, you might want to consider taking a supplement that's formulated to provide optimal hair nutrition. And they'll all have biotin as well as some other ingredients in them. So we'll talk about that. But I always recommend if they're going to do a supplement that they also check with their doctor. So, you know, making sure you're getting enough calories in your diet. We already talked about, you know, hair loss being from those, you know, fad diets or starvation diets or whatever you want to call them. So those are some of the things I can help them with. And that is, you know, just a few things off the top of my head. But really, they're kind of the top things that really you want to take a look at is your nutrition, the products you're using, and, you know, just your, your hair care regimen, what you're doing to your hair. Teresa, besides hair loss, are there other conditions that you are able to help people with? Yeah. So um, scalp conditions such as um, psoriasis, eczema, dermatitis. I myself had awful dermatitis before I started getting into this field more and learning what to use and how to um, naturally, in a healthy way, not using prescriptions, 
completely get rid of my dermatitis. Also, there's eczema, dermatitis, psoriasis, severe dandruff. Some of those kind of scalp and skin conditions that, you know, using the right products can help. They have certain essential oils in them and things like that. So it's not just about hair. It's also about helping skin conditions. I think you mentioned earlier something about hair buildup or scalp being clogged or build buildup on the hair. What are some of the things that can cause buildup on the hair? Yeah, so I think the most prominent one is product is going to be product buildup, but it's not the only thing. Things can be external or internal. So you can get buildup from products, but also your water as well as medications can leave um, a residual buildup on your hair. I'll go over each one. So product buildup is when you're using something that coats the hair and it creates a, and the reason it's not good is it creates a barrier on your hair and that barrier prevents the good ingredients from the products you're using that your hair needs to penetrate into the cuticle. So instead, these ingredients, they just end up sitting on the surface which means even if you're using the best conditioner in the world, you might not be benefiting from it if you have buildup. And buildup can be from your styling products. It can be from, you know, your shampoo. It can be from any type of product out there um, that doesn't have good ingredients. For instance, silicones is a, a big culprit in that heavy silicones. They coat and people, you know, they have this, impression that they're great because what happens is a silicone a silicone will coat the hair and it makes it feel soft and look shiny but they're actually just laying on top of the hair and creating this barrier as they build up yeah and after a while the hair starts looking really dull and dead and it just kind of gets sticky and flat looking yes Yes, exactly, because it's not getting the moisture, the oils, the nutrients it needs. So it's being actually suffocated and dehydrated. And you don't, you know, they don't realize it because it feels so nice. So it's kind of like this false feeling of my hair is healthy, basically. So product buildup is not good. And the only, really the only way you're going to get rid of it, it, you know, the only way you're going to be able to start nourishing your hair is to get rid of the buildup. And I mean, there's a couple of different ways to do it. There's clarifying shampoos out there. There's other products that used over time will break down the buildup and remove it and whatnot. But I mean, a way to tell if you have buildup is if you're washing your hair and you're not having good hair days and it's not feeling moisturized, even if you like deep condition, then clearly it's your hair is, is not getting the benefits of what you're using. So, I mean, there's a couple, you know, there's other things. So silicones, product buildup can happen. If you use too much product and you're not rinsing it out well enough, um, sometimes people like even say they wash their hair in a sink and all the suds don't go down. You know, waxes and other styling products are easily built up um, on top of the hair. Some people have non-porous hair. And so it's hair that doesn't allow products to penetrate easily, right, if it's non-porous. And so they tend to remain on top and can be built up. So, you know, it could be something like that. And you're going to have to, you know, work harder at it than somebody who has porous hair. So, you know, product buildup is not a good thing. If you have hard water, 
somebody that moves from having soft water to hard water will can use the same product and their hair will be completely different because hard water has a high mineral content, uh, calcium and magnesium especially. And so these react with the soaps and shampoos and they reduce the cleansing property. So they tend to use more of it because they're not getting that foamy lather. And so then a couple things happen. They're using too much product, maybe not rinsing it out, but also it leaves a scaly film deposit on the hair. Um, again, so it's that it's in this deposit is going to create a barrier and prevent moisture from penetrating. And it also will trap grease and dirt. So people with hard water, their hair might look dull, dry. It might be tangly, even like, you know, a strange color, like blondes will get like a brassiness kind of thing. So, you know, and this buildup from hard water can also build up on the scalp, not just the hair, and it'll cause like a dandruff-like condition. Hard water is something to watch or to be aware of, I should say. And again, using the right kind of product can definitely help with all this, even if you have hard water, if you're using proper product. Since I heard you mention something about sudsing, I just wanted to bring up the, the fact that a lot of times when a person switches over to a healthier shampoo, it really doesn't have the suds because it doesn't contain the laurel sulfate. This sometimes disturbs people, so they do tend to use, like you said, more product. But maybe today you could teach us the proper way to use shampoo. I know that when you use a shampoo, a healthier shampoo, you are supposed to massage just a little bit into your scalp, even though it doesn't suds, rinse it out. And it seems like on that second shampoo, when you shampoo your hair a second time, you will then get a little bit more lather to the shampoo. So can you teach us the proper way to shampoo our hair? Yep, absolutely. Um, so that is the key to it. And when you're using a healthy product that's free of sulfate, parabens, like you said, all that stuff is, it is different because people, it doesn't have those foaming agents in it. And if it does, they're more of a healthy, they're not a, a surfactant um, like they're used to. So when you do your first wash, first, what's important is to make sure your hair is really, really wet. Like it's, um, you know, all the strands are soaking wet because that's going to help. Then you want to use a little bit of shampoo. It's going to be truly based on your hair thickness, your hair length. But we say start out with like um, maybe a dime to a nickel size. Um, of course, if your hair is long and thick, you might need a little more, but you want to take that shampoo and you want to emulsify it in your hands. What that means is you're going to rub them together and create some suds in your hands, right? Before you even apply it to your hair, then you're going to work it into your hair. And even though you're not seeing suds, those ingredients are still working. It's just that you don't have those sulfates. People have that false impression that they got to have suds to be getting clean. So it's does have, um, most of them will have a, a, a cleansing agent in it, but it's not necessarily going to give you those big suds. So you're going to do that, leave it for a minute, rinse it out. Then on your, and that's going to initially get out any dirt, any grime, any grease, and it is working even though you're not seeing those suds. The second wash is you're going to really get some suds because now you've gotten all that out on the first one. And you're going to allow that to stay on your hair so those ingredients can penetrate. This is if you're using a healthy product that has ingredients with a small molecular structure that penetrate the hair. Other ingredients 
in most over-the-counter shampoos and whatnot, their ingredients are not penetrating your hair. They're just simply removing dirt. So you're not really getting a huge benefit from them uh, as far as your hair health. When you're using a healthy product, you want to leave it to shampoo on for like a minute to two so that the ingredients can penetrate. You will get the benefit from them. Then you're going to rinse it out and you're going to rinse really, really well, especially when you're using a product that might have some essential oils built in. And if you're not used to using something like that, you're going to really want to rinse very well. So that is another key. It will also help to avoid any kind of buildup or anything. So that's kind of like, in a nutshell, shampooing when you're using um, a healthy, naturally-based product. Great, great. Yeah, I think that information right there that you gave us is going to help a lot of people. So now I want to move into these really popular oils that are on the market, like a Moroccan oil. How do you feel about these oils? Are they good for the hair, yes or no? So when you're looking at oils, there's a difference between feels good and does good. What I mean by that, some hair oils, like a Moroccan oil, they will make your hair feel and look amazing, but they really do little to nothing to help improve the hair of the health of your hair. Um, they're really just a temporary fix. And what I mean by that is um, a lot of these, they contain silicones that we already touched upon. Moroccan oil, for instance, the first three ingredients are silicones. So these are going to make the hair appear smoother, frizz-free almost immediately, and people are going to think it is the holy grail of making their hair awesome. But silicone molecules, they're too large to penetrate your hair's cuticle, right? Um, they, they don't penetrate. They, they essentially just stay on the surface. So with repeated use of using these products, it can build up, and as we talked about, it will repel moisture and nutrients that a conditioner is trying to deliver to your hair shaft. Again, leaving the hair dehydrated and dull and dry. But what do people think is the fix? I have to use more Moroccan oil. <laughs> so it's kind of like a vicious cycle that they think it's helping because it feels and looks like it is, but really deep down, it's not. So, um, you know, and then if these silicones are built up from these oils, to, to get them removed, you have to use a sulfate-based shampoo, which then is not good. Otherwise, they're not going to be removed properly. So really, when you're looking at hair oils and oils to put on your hair, you want to try to stay as pure as possible with using essential oils and make sure that in the ingredients, they don't have silicones in them because these oils will nourish the scalp they will help to exfoliate the scalp, which is going to help with hair loss, you know, keeping that scalp healthy um, and the follicles healthy. Um, they're going to balance out sebum. It seems counteractive or whatever, but if it's a healthy oil that mimics the body's own oil, such as like Abyssinian, it will balance out the sebum. They can also help to reduce inflammation. And inflammation is um, also something that can... Um, be a cause of hair loss if you have inflammation in your scalp. So looking for a very healthy, pure oil, essential oils, and there are some that are um, better for the hair and even for hair growth than others. I mean, something like Abyssinian oil has a very small molecular structure. It will penetrate in. There's lavender oil, rosemary oil, peppermint. Some of these are like oils that are 
really good for hair health and scalp. Right, right. Brilliant. Okay, uh, Teresa, I know that you're in a hurry. You have other obligations today. But before I let you go, I just want to go over one more thing with you. And that would be split ends, because that is a major concern for a lot of people, a lot of us. And I know you found a brilliant solution or a brilliant product for the split ends. Could you briefly tell us about that? This is, there's no other product out there like this. This is a revolutionary new patented technology that uses, it's called nano encapsulation. So it's got billions of little beads and it's really cool because they target hair repair. So in a nutshell, healthy hair has no charge. It's hydrophobic, which means it repels water. Usually when you're, when you're wetting your hair, you think you're wetting your hair, but you're, if it's healthy, non-damaged hair, it's actually the hair itself is not getting wet. But when hair is damaged, it becomes an ionic, and it means it has a negative charge. So anywhere there's damage in your hair, there's a little negative charge. Well, these micro capsules also have a negative charge, which means when you put them on your hair, they make a beeline for these damaged areas only. So it's targeted damage repair. They click into place and they form like this 3D repair matrix. And so because they only target these damaged sites, it's not greasy, it's not oily, it's not building up, but it's really cool. And independent tests show that it will repair 100% of split ends, three millimeters long or under within 60 seconds. You work it into your hair for 60 seconds, it's amazing. And the effects last about two to three washes, but they're enhanced with repeated use. So if you only wash your hair a couple times a week, you're going to see it, you know, you're going to use it once a week or, you know, twice a week. And then the more you use it, the better your, you know, the better, more enhanced the results are. And it is instant change. I mean, just the split end healing is amazing, but even more impressive is that how it will target micro damage along the hair because split end you can cut off if you really wanted to, but the micro damage along the hair to have something that actually targets that and repairs that it will, you know, completely change everything. This product is really, it's um, basically there's nothing like it on the market. It's very uh, revolutionary. As I mentioned earlier, well, a lot of people out there have hair problems and need help with their hair, like me. So, Teresa, where can people who want some advice on how to take care of their hair find you? Yeah. So, they can reach out to me a couple different ways. I am on Facebook. If you look up um, facebook.com healthy hair coach, they can feel free to call me. My number is 585-749-5902 or text. They can um, email me, Teresa Tassano at yahoo.com. So they can call, they can email, they can text, they can find me on Facebook, and then we can have a conversation. And I would love to, you know, um, learn more about their issues, what they're looking to do, and point them in the right direction to get them some amazing hair. Yep. And she can do it too, guys. All right. So I'm going to put all of Teresa's information in the show notes. So all you have to do is click on the link in the show notes and it'll take you right to Teresa's Facebook page. All right. So Teresa, it was great to have you on the show today. Thank you for being here. I hope you have a great rest of your day 
And uh, let's talk soon. Thank you so much. I look forward to talking with you again. Ask the Beauty Advisor is a part of the Beauty Radio Network. If you have a podcast or need help in starting a podcast and would like to be a part of a free, supportive network, then learn more by contacting Deanna at beautyradionetwork.com.